Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Radio Gripe. Uh, I am one of the hosts. My name is Joe. I'm the other host, Jen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on this fantastic June, July. I don't know when you're listening. Uh, it's the very tail end of June. Uh, yeah, this is our uh, general discussion show uh, where we tend to go over the last week and current events and different things going on. It's been kind of an odd week for news. There's been a few big stories and then a whole lot of dumb stories uh, and everything else. But yeah, we're just going to kind of, we're going to wrap a bit, not actually wrap. Before we get super into it, let me get this out of the way because I always forget and have to do it later. Uh, The opinions expressed on Radio Gripe do not reflect the opinions of KBSR as a whole. We have radio airwaves, digital airwaves to do and say whatever we do and say, and it's all on us. So if you have any issues with what we're saying here or if you are in favor of it or whatever else you can get a hold of us uh we have an email it's we're trying show at gmail.com and we have an instagram uh that's radio gripe tx uh so yeah reach out get in touch speaking of which do we have an email today let's open up that mailbag i get them bags in the mail i get them bags in the mail i get them bags in the mail forget all celery tail all right, in the mailbag, we have uh, uh, we got an alert from Google about the security of our account. Uh oh. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, great. Yeah. Let's close up that mailbag later. That's kind of a pointless segment, but I'm hoping it'll gain traction. I'm hoping it'll gain some traction too. Um, we are looking to amplify your voices, people. In case y'all didn't catch it last week, uh, we are. Doing this thing where you can email us and uh, say whatever you want, but also give us give us a line that we have to work into our conversation and make it seem totally natural, and it'll be just like a little in joke between uh, you and us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, no no product sponsorship or bumps or anything like that. Nothing. Uh, no hate speech. Nothing hateful or obscene. I mean, eh, so, some obscenities uh, some are going to be okay. fine. That's fine. Um, to anyone who guessed, uh, last week, what we were required to say, uh, naturalistically, it was capitalism, more like crapitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who guessed that guessed correctly, you won a prize. Yay! Uh, but anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get into the thing. Uh, we try to start this up with a kind of like what's new moment. Uh, we haven't really come up with the, with a proper name for this segment. What are we listening to, watching, learning, and loving? Sure. You want to go first? Well, mine's kind of an addendum to my worm story from last week. Um, I don't know I'm living in some sort of worm Bader meinhof thing, or the algorithm of life uh, has brought me this information. Talked about the uh, crazy worms or jumping worms uh, infiltrating Texas mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of the country. But, uh, yeah, now I, I, I've got a new worm threat to bring to you, uh, which is the flathead worms. I'm sorry. The flatworms. The flatworms that are taking the, over. The hammerhead flatworm. So we've got two types of flatworms. The hammerhead flatworm. Oh. And I heard about another type of flatworm oh, uh, that was spotted in San Antonio. Very close uh, very close by. We're just packed to the gills with all these bad worms, huh? These worms are even worse than the last worms that I talked about because they uh, actually eat earthworms. They mm-hmm. devour earthworms. Which are beneficial. Which are beneficial uh, to the soil and um, they contribute nothing in return and they uh, they are toxic. They're poison. Um, you, don't, you don't want your pet eating them. 
Uh, for two reasons. One, because they secrete po- they secrete toxins. I think those are caustic too, so you do not want to handle these things. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, also don't even touch them. Don't even touch them. Don't look at them. If you have to kill them, don't chop them up into segments because each segment can regenerate into a new worm. We went over it last week. This is a rule of worms, uh, as learned by D and D. It's usually not true of worms, but apparently it is true of this uh, of these flatworms. They can also spread. Uh, lungworm to mammals. Jesus. Your pets. A horrible parasite if your pets are interacting with them. So, um, yeah, worse worms coming down the pike. That's been Worm Talk. That's Worm Watch. I'm your pest control professional, DJ. Yeah. Uh, This has been a Worm Watch, not a Worm Warning. Uh, So, but but stay vigilant. Mm -hmm. What about you, Joe? Well, you know, we started watching... Season 10 of Walking Dead this last week. Found out that that sucks. Lazy writing. Just I Also, I found out TikTok sucks. Apparently, I was really late to that one, so I was an abandoned Yeah, you missed it. It was so good for about, oh, four or five months there. Mm. Here's here's the thing that really uh, happened to me, uh, I guess. I don't don't know. This just kind of feels like the one thing I've got to bring to the table for this segment. So, over the last several weeks, on Tuesday... At about 10 or 11 a.m., I will have a melody that enters my head, and I, I haven't been able to figure it out. And then later in the day, it'll be gone. This has happened a few weeks in a row. Fascinating. I wonder if the first time you heard the melody was on a was on a it was on a Tuesday. A Tuesday, at yeah. about 10 a.m. Yeah. So, well, roughly, you know, it's not like clockwork, but it had been bothering me, uh, and that happened this uh, past Tuesday. And I, I think I even commented on it while I was at work, and then uh, I came home, and uh, I took you know, just like a brief little nap on the couch there. And you get to that part where you're kind of asleep, but not really, you know? And so I'm dreaming and this melody is, is kind of still going through my head and I figure it out all of a sudden. It comes to me like nothing that it's never going to give you up by Rick Astley. What? Joe? And Joe. I, I leap up off of the couch triumphant. Are you fucking trolling me right now and with this fucking story? This is for real. This is for real what happened. Uh, I jump up off the couch and I start singing and dancing because I just feel like, oh, isn't that fucking rich? Isn't that golden? (laughs) But find out that I was dreaming that because just a moment later, I woke up and I was not dancing around the living room. I was still laying on the couch and the memory of all that was with me. And I was like, wait, no, it's not Rick Astley. I just Rick rolled myself in my fucking dream. But right after that. The actual melody came to me, and I finally realized that it was uh, Sober by Childish Gambino. Oh. Yeah. It was not my plan, cause I know one day you'll see All the things that we can be Oh, no, no, no I couldn't place it for several weeks until I uh, had some kind of delusion in a dream. Can it was we... the first time in my life I had a dream actually solve a problem for me. That it's a it's a really amazing feeling. Mm. Uh, I've definitely had that with crossword puzzles before, sure. where I woke up and knew the answer to a question that had been bothering me. And I, on a related note, just found out that my favorite Rush song, uh, tracked it down, it's actually by Supertramp. So uh, yeah. that is uh, been on a little Supertramp kick. I think, I think we've all been there at one point or another. 
uh, yeah, but that's been that's been our thing, uh, our our little things over the last week. Uh, but moving on from that, let's get straight into the happenings. Um, here we are, uh, June twenty seventh. Yesterday was not just the anniversary of our dear friends Chad and Reno. Uh, it was also really? Aww. yeah. It was also the shout out to Chad and Reno. Happy shout anniversary. Out. Uh, it was also the very first Pride celebration in Williamson County, apparently. Big, big, the big news, the big local news. Mm-hmm. First ever in Williamson County Pride yeah. celebration, and it went beautifully. It was great. And uh, the, the lead up to it was really the thing. And I thought about spending a lot of time on the show talking about this, but uh, when, when all was said and done, it was not like a super big deal, but still we're going to take a few minutes to it, kind of talk about the I last mean, week. It, it was, the, I, there was, there was more people out there than, I, well, granted in this, I don't make it out to really as many festivals in the summer as I should, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was more people downtown and, and in local businesses than maybe I've ever seen in Taylor. It was Over a thousand people turned out. Yeah. Uh, by, by most estimations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had events, uh, at various places, we, they had closed down a block of uh, 2nd Street, and then all the businesses, a couple of the bars, and uh, the cafe I work at, Good Strangers, uh, we all had kind of some events and some different things going on. It was a really stellar day. Um, it was a drag show that I did not see, but I did, I did see the queens coming and going. They looked mm-hmm. fabulous. I heard a lot of cheering. That place was... I didn't want to get packed. into that place. It was packed full. Packed. But yeah. Uh, but on the lead up to it, you know, just a few days out, obviously, well... We found out that there are, there are some people who are not so happy about the uh, Pride celebration here in Taylor, the uh, Taylor Ministerial Alliance, uh, which is kind of a loose group. I don't think that they're an actual organization or group. They're just a group of people calling themselves an alliance, and they have a Facebook page. I mean, there's always got to be some dipshits that turn out, sure. uh, you know. Uh, they, they had gone to Facebook to uh, a, one, of the, one of the many community watch pages. Uh, to say that they were going to be gathering to protest the sinful, sinful uh, exploitation of children and everything. And, you know, doing doing that old bit of uh, aligning <laughs> uh, gayness with sexual deviancy, you know, pulling out those old chestnuts. And uh, so we had seen a lot of back and forth on social media of, not quite arguing, but basically, you know, a little bit of like, hey, we're just coming out to preach the gospel and everybody else saying like, actually not. I think I think that you're just kind of on your own bigoted agenda. There was a whole lot of that going on. And when it came down to it, there was a group of I didn't count, but I saw somewhere around 15, 20 people, maybe that were uh, across the street from most of the festivities. And they're all wearing these Dayglo green shirts and, you know, holding up uh, signs and look, looking a little bit like Westboro Baptist, but maybe not as, maybe not as virulent. Uh, but yeah, and they were, they were over there trying to pray the gay away uh, or what have you. But also uh, another part of the pride organization that we had was uh, we had a parasol patrol. And this was a, a group of also about 20 people or so, all with uh, big umbrellas that were lined up in the middle of the street to kind of just be a buffer and kind of block that out. So people who were actually celebrating, uh, didn't have to necessarily, didn't have to be face to face and kind of bothered by that. Yeah, no, that's so wonderful. Uh, I, 
think I read it was a De- it's a Denver based uh, organization of counter yeah. protesters uh, who turn out their brightly colored uh, uh, parasols and mm-hmm. um, hold the line yeah. uh, against anybody that would want to uh, harass any uh, festival goers. Yeah, and we were we were close to one moment in particular where uh, some people tried to come up and kind of get up into the space where well, they everybody sent some kids up. It was like a teenager and a child. Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy, I don't know if he's a teenager, but he was definitely accompanied with like a six-year-old kid. All right, a little guy. Which, which, quick side note, if you want to talk about, you know, uh, kids not really having the wherewithal to understand the kind of things that you're forcing them to do, I would say don't give your kid a sign <laughs> that is bigoted. The saying repents, and, uh, the end is near. Yeah, you know, um, and make, make them protest uh, society with you. Yeah, I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's a reminder that uh, these, these pride festivals in large part are for kids. Yeah. And um, obviously there are a lot of kids and teenagers uh, uh, in attendance, the people of all ages Mm -hmm. and um, their community is sending a signal uh, to them that they are loved and accepted and, you know, that we embrace differences and and then it's okay for them to be gay and it's okay for them to be allies. And, um, it's it's just a great it's a great message for the kids. It's a great message for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I I feel really proud. Um, uh, but you know we have to credit the organizers of the festival. Can we can we credit the organizers? Yeah, uh, Denise Rogers uh, is the one who really headed it up and put in a whole lot of legwork. And then um, there's there's a whole slew of other people that I don't even know. But of course, you know our mayor, Brent Rydell, uh, was good and in, in on it. And a lot of the local businesses, Black Sparrow, Texas Beer Company. Uh, Good Strangers, Aloha, Exchange, uh, they all offered up their venues and and, and made big open spaces uh, for everybody to have the festivities. Thanks uh, to yeah. everyone who worked so hard to make this happen. Yeah, thanks to the city of Taylor for for being like, oh yeah, you want to close the street down and, and have a thing, go for it. Um, that's, that's good. I think that, you know, one of the things, and, and saying also that you tend to see a lot of youth uh, at an event like this, there's something to be said about, you know, there's a conversation about, well, you don't really see that that culture in, in boomers, and you don't really see the same kind of percentage of people who identify as gay, lesbian, bi, trans uh, in the boomer generation. And one of the reasons that you have to admit for that is because if, if there was no social net for, for people 50 years ago, to really kind of feel accepted. That is something that led to a lot of people not really realizing their full potential, not being able to become out. And a lot of people be being very depressed and, and a lot of bad things happened to people back then. They, they're not able to be here today to show, to show up for that, Yeah, you know? And so that's really just something about if, if this trend continues of, I don't know, acceptance, then we can actually see those, those stats change. And I think that that's all it takes and I is think we have. having, having a more accepting and inclusive society, mm-hmm. which is the whole point. And, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a very good event. Uh, everything went off, you know, without a hitch. Uh, and it was, it was a good time. And honestly, I feel a little bit physically exhausted from it being on the heat quite a bit, drinking a lot. I feel a little bit mentally exhausted over thinking about it and stressing a little bit in the week lead up, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, feels good to be on the other side of it. You were stressed out because you were worried that there was going to be uh, like a lot of 
I was a little stressed about the uh, the poop test. Bigots that were going to show up and start trouble. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah, as it turns out, they couldn't even last the full day. <laughs> they were uh, extremely outnumbered uh, and also just didn't have a didn't have the fortitude to stay out there. They should have. I don't know. They should have asked God for more strength or something. But yeah. So that's a, that's a... I mean, they weren't day drinking like you were, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I got my strength. It's... There's our local news. Um, we'll maybe take a quick break real quick and then get into some of the other stuff. Oh, wait, I got a local news story, too, oh, yeah? that I just read about on Facebook. Sure. Uh, that's a bummer, though. I mean, this is not a no-bummer type show. <clears throat> Bring it. I don't really go on the Facebook too much, but uh, I like to check in on the Facebook, the local Facebook now and then before we do a show. And they were talking about a local uh, head of the um, Animal Wellness Hospital, uh, local veterinarian Dana Boehm. Mm -hmm. Does that name ring a bell? Did she used to have a place like a little closer to downtown? Did we ever take our dog there? I feel like I've seen that name, but I can't really assign it to anything. Well, we take our dog to Grave uh, Clinic up the road. We we typically do. Grave is Grave is a good vet. That's not the first vet that we went to. No, the, the first vet had was some... the first vet was Miller, uh, also known as Miller Killer the Killer. Miller. Yeah, uh, that that veterinary office is out of business. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's actually a nice place to get a beer now. Yeah. Um, I'm told, but, uh, yeah, Dana Baum, um, she was just, uh, I believe she turned herself in, uh, arrested on charges of animal cruelty, oh. uh, after this poor dog that was being kenneled there, the owner went to retrieve their dog and he was in a really, in really bad shape, uh, covered in, covered in sores and had not been, uh, fed or watered properly. Jesus. Um, she took him to an emergency clinic like immediately, mm-hmm. um, but the dog did not make it. Um, did have to be uh, put down. That's too bad. And um, I, apparently, these are not new allegations um, because this veterinarian. I'm looking at an article from the uh, from um, 2007 from the Austin Chronicle. She was the interim director of the Williamson County Regional Animal Shelter back then. And she was arrested and jailed uh, back in 2007 huh. um, on a charge of felony theft. Whoa. Something to do with uh, taking an IRS refund from her former employer. But that that's not all. The, uh, the uh, Williamson County Regional Animal Shelter was in really bad shape at the time, too. And um, there were allegations that the animals had been found dead in mm-hmm. feces and urine. Uh, and not having been fed and watered at the shelter, a lot of sick animals coming out of that shelter, puppies with parvo and that kind of thing. But, you know, to some degree for a long time, she had protection from, from the city. She was, you know, city appointed uh, public official. Mm, Some kind of immunity then. Shelter volunteers found dead animals decomposing in feces, urine, and blood. They reported the mess to authorities, prompting a blitz of bad press and a criminal investigation into animal cruelty. Not sure what the outcome of that uh, was. Ultimately, apparently, she was removed and ended up uh, in charge of the animal wellness hospital here in Taylor. Huh. This is not uh, this is not a place that I'm familiar with at all. I don't know that I've ever heard about it. They used to call her the keeper of the kitties. 
It's a great title. We'd all love to have that title. But yeah, yeah, kind of a long and storied career uh, in animal cruelty and neglect. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm not going to judge anyone uh, before they've had their day in court. But um, yeah, it does not. It does not look good. of our local little Texas town, there's a whole world where things happened. Uh, obviously, we're going to hit maybe the the big ones up front. Uh, a few days ago, over there in Surfside, uh, Florida, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there was a condo collapse. And uh, as of right now recording this, there are still 150 people plus unaccounted for and a, a death toll of nine. It's It's pretty tragic. And so right now, it's, it's too soon to really begin in like f- forensic investigations to find out exactly what happened. But there's a few thoughts out there and people are trying to dig through uh, the recent history of this building, which is, was about 40 years and old. In addition to digging through rubble in the hopes of yeah. at least retrieving bodies, if yeah. not survivors. It's um, really fucking nightmarish. It's a, it's a horrible thing. Yeah. So obviously with... Uh, with structures that are really close to uh, the ocean, you kind of have some different factors going in with um, all the salt in the air and everything else. You can get what is called spalling, and that's when the rebar inside concrete can rust and deteriorate. And uh, that's a, a structural problem, and the concrete can break around it. Um, and apparently this was documented in the place. Uh, they had said that throughout the 90s, the property in question was sinking at a rate of about like two millimeters a year but then they also stopped measuring that over 20 years ago they found that out in the 90s and i guess they just kind of stopped measuring its sinkage uh and you know and if it sinks uh, a little bit off kilter then obviously you're gonna have start having cracks in the pillars and, and and everything else it's a it's a real damn tragedy and uh it's a it's a really stark point on how important sound architecture is and i think that this is a problem you know in in the modern era whenever people want to slap up high rises at breakneck speed and hurry up and get 
people in there, yeah, so they're not. This, but this building is know, thirty years old, uh, I believe, and forty. Yeah, or, so or 40 it was years old. Built around nineteen eighties, <clears throat> and it was built on reclaimed wetlands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in recent years, they've been finding water in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, you know, residents have reported hearing rumblings and vibrations, and I think I read that. Back in 1998, uh, there was a report filed of some major structural problems occurring in the building. Yeah. And um, here we are today. Yeah. Uh, and it, the, the building was in a process of uh, undergoing an inspection process. Yeah. Yeah, it was undergoing its its 40-year inspection. And uh, they had done some work on the roof of it. But from what I know, no other restoration or work was being done on the building. And uh, at this point, the, the management company for the building you know they haven't released any information so far as what kind of complaints they may have received or you know the the state of the building this is all still kind of like it's just not available to the public that information yet but they have evacuated yeah, there's a voluntary evacuation of, of a, the nearby sister by, building yeah a close by building which yeah jesus christ right i mean this is one of the problems whenever you your your building structure is where they don't go you know, uh, and then you have to consider rising sea levels and how that's going to impact sure. uh, um, the the, ba- the base of buildings that were built 40 years ago as well. Yeah, uh, there has you know it's been declared a, a, a national emergency, so they are receiving federal funds. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I just I don't envy the rescuers. Uh, yeah, the, there was apparently a structural fire inside um, that delayed rescue efforts as well right um obviously it's critical to get in there to, to see if there's any survivors uh, mm-hmm. uh quickly after this happens but you also can't because right. it's structurally unstable um and it's just so dangerous for rescuers it's yeah. but yeah. my heart goes out to everybody affected yeah definitely um all, all condolences and and to everybody affected by this um at this point, I'm not really sure uh, what the best way to be. If anybody wanted to really kind of help out, we know that organizations like you know American Red Cross are typically on the scene for something like that. But I don't really know if that's the best way to give. Or In anything. this instance, I, mean, I I don't know that there's going to be I don't any any more survivors. Um, there might be. Yeah, I think that what needs to happen is very much going to be done by local people, and it needs to be kind of like uh, people on the scene. Uh, so we'll kind of see what happens with that. And, uh, as that one develops, if any other major news comes out about that, we'll obviously kind of bring it up, but yeah, yeah. Damn shame. I'm going to balance that out with, uh, an interesting piece of news that it's not simply good news, but it does feel like good news. But, uh, Derek Chauvin got sentenced. Mm-hmm. He got sentenced to 22 fucking years. 22 and a half. You said, yeah, 22.5. Well, I'm, I'm rounding down. He's probably going to get out on good time. Um, so uh, if, I this, mean, it, not if he's in gen pop, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll kind of see, it, we'll get out of life on good time. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. He, you know, he's already saying that he's got some kind of relevant information that apparently was not in the trial, mm-hmm. but he's, he's already, I don't know when to talk to fucking project Veritas or something. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of landmark in so far as accountability. You know, I, I think that it's it's good to see 
But at the same time, you can't have that conversation without also acknowledging that there are there are black men in prison for longer than 22 years over marijuana charges mm-hmm. in this country. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's that's not full justice. It's just one moment. Uh, and we can justice in this one instance is certainly something to celebrate. And sure. then, but then, you know, you can't just say, oh, good. We got the one goddamn bad apple. We got that guy. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> We're done here. Yeah. No, and there's there's things that are kind of taking place at a federal level and trying to amp up uh, accountability within ranks uh, yeah. because one of the things that's being talked about with uh, we talked about last week with Portland's rapid response team um, the inability of fellow officers to intervene uh, is also a criminal act mm-hmm. like or at least should be um, there there needs to be more more accountability within the ranks and, and, you know, on the scene that there was a, an incident several years ago, I want to say 2017, 2018 of a fist fight that broke out between a couple of cops because this one uh, officer was getting really rough with the suspect and another officer came up and tried to intervene and like, you know, kind of break it down a little bit. And the whole thing got very heated and they got into a fist fight. Hmm. And, uh, the, the officer that tried to calm everything down, the black woman, she was fired. Mm. Yeah, and she was she was pretty close to retiring and getting her pension. She was fired and her pension was denied uh, for about two years. I think a court just came back around and said, no, you have to give her her pension. She was doing her job, oh. you know. But, uh, but yeah, that's sometimes that feels more like what we're used to seeing in law enforcement, uh, unfortunately, is that, you know, bad behavior... Uh, goes by and notice good behavior is punished, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's, I think there's been a number of former cops, you know, over the years that have come out and said, you know, this, this is what happened to me because I spoke out, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, some, some whistleblower, former cops. Um, Those, those cops need to be celebrated. Yeah. And not kicked off the force. Obviously they need to be, they need to be promoted. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. We've even heard about, uh, there was a thing at Austin some years ago and I can't remember all the details, but there was a whistleblower with an APD who, uh, yeah, had, had the whole force kind of like ostracize him really quickly. He was coming out to his car to find dead rats right. on it and, you know, graffiti on his house and everything else. And, some, uh, some real mafia tactics. Yeah. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some bullshit. See this dead rat? This is you. <laughs> yeah. That's what you are. Where uh, do you even find, like, how do you, like, conveniently find dead rats when you're trying to punish someone? I mean, you can go to a pet store and buy them. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> sorry, can... sorry, I knew how to answer that real quick, but, yeah. Well, killing a rat to make a statement, and I think I've made my, I think I've made my views perfectly clear on this. I don't believe that you should kill animals for your art project or to make a statement. It's not cool. Whatever whatever statement you're trying to make, it's not worth it. Yeah. Remember that guy that, uh, I want to say this was in uh, Brazil or Mexico or somewhere, um, uh, several years ago, he tried to do a performance art thing where he uh, tied a chicken to himself and gave it about five foot of rope, mm. uh, but then, you know, tied it to his leg and then had a machete and uh, he was attempting to kill the chicken. And legit, what he wanted to do for his performance art was to murder this chicken that was tied to himself. And he couldn't. 
the chicken was, was a little too fast, a little too sly, and in fact, he ended up hurting himself a couple of times in the process. Uh, after that failed performance art, uh, he ended up adopting the chicken and, and became friends with it and uh, said that his whole idea was a really bad idea. <laughs> and he, like, turned his life around and was you like, know, yeah, you know what, we, we need to not be cruel to animals. It is. Uh, I'm glad that story has a happy ending. And yeah. if you spend a little time with a chicken... It, you can make friends with it pretty easily. They're yeah, endearing. Mostly. They're endearing little animals. Yeah. Oh my god, these little fuckers! They've been in the. <laughs> they've been in the fucking garden lately. They've been in the herb garden. They've been in the. They're trampling the thing <coughs> and they're eating the peppers right off the vine. I oh, found man. several half peppers hanging on the fuck. So all the all the ones they can reach. Um, I also wanted to say we all remember the dust up uh, with Asia O'Hara on RuPaul's Drag Race um, for her final uh, show-stopping number. She was going to come out and release the release. Um, oh, the butterflies. The butterflies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was going to be beautiful. And unfortunately, she ended up with what appeared to be a box of dead mm. butterflies. Yeah. And yeah, it did not go well. She did not walk away with the crown on that one. Um, but I, I will say in her defense that... Uh, Apparently, most of those butterflies were alive, mm-hmm. but they were not completely. They were they were still in like a dormant state. Okay. So. Like the way you can like refrigerate a bug to slow down. Its, yeah, they had not yeah. cooled down completely. Uh-huh. So. Wow. I like to think that some of those butterflies were salvaged, but yeah, just don't do it when it comes to animal incorporating animals into your into your art. Yeah, yeah, just don't do it. Hey everybody, it's Joe here with your station break for this week. I just wanted to take a moment to say thanks for listening to our show and thanks for listening to KBSR Black Sparrow Digital Radio. Now, you know how things are done around here. We're an independent station. We are listener supported, so we've got a Patreon that helps us keep all the lights on and everything cracking. And you can go be a part of that if and you feel like it. There's a lot of good stuff on here. There's a lot of different DJs and a lot of different shows. You're sure to find something you like. Uh, But yeah, go to Patreon and search for Black Sparrow Radio, or you can go to our website, BlackSparrowMusicParlor.com. There's a link to the Patreon there, and you can also just stream the radio live 24-7 from that website. Uh, Of course, we've got an app for the streaming radio, or you can find us on uh, whatever kind of streaming radio thing you like. So go go find it and go listen all the time. Yeah, as we're moving forward, we're going to bring back live radio uh, transmissions out of the Black Sparrow Music Parlor. It's going to be a lot of fun, so stay tuned for that. And uh, like uh, we mentioned somewhere else in this show, there's uh, still some events coming up in uh, late June, early July. Black Sparrow will be reopening around the July 4th weekend with uh, several shows and all kinds of stuff going on. So go check it out if you live here around Taylor. Also, I just need to say thanks to my man Trev Wren of the Mental State Fair for letting us use that theme song, Dying in Texas. And of course, Alex Cuervo of Spectrostatic for letting us use everything here and there. Uh, he just finished scoring another movie. I uh, can't remember the name of it right at the moment, but uh, more info will be coming out about it. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that too. All right, well, with that, uh, everybody have a good week, and I'll see you soon. So some weeks ago, we talked about Britney Spears, uh, the free hashtag free Britney. 
Uh, Britney Spears has been under a conservatorship for 13 years. Yeah, it's been a minute. She has not been in control of her life or her finances. Um, she's basically living in a mental institution um, within her within her own little mansion world. Mm-hmm. Um, Britney is having her day in court right now. Um, she is testifying. I'm not sure if she's trying to amend the terms of her conservatorship or, you know, she's she introduced in her testimony the idea of, of ending it altogether and regaining control of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that she said she didn't know she could do. She didn't know she could challenge her conservatorship. She also says that she's been putting up a false front to the world um, all these years. And um, there have been times when she's, you know, really tried to convince herself that she is happy and enjoying her life. But, um, you know, it's she's been lying to herself and lying to the public. And, um, you know, her testimony answers some questions uh, i think we were talking about some like coded messages that were happening with britney's uh instagram right because all of this drama has been kept pretty tightly under wraps and has not been made public um up until recently uh the family doesn't want anybody to know about their their uh their dirty business and uh one of the things um, that people were talking about was that Brittany had made some cryptic references to a sex trafficking organization and um, some other stuff. And so that was one of the things she did come out and say in her testimony. She said it was comparable to sex trafficking in that she feels that she is this person who is not in control of her finances. Um, she is made she is made to work, uh, you know, like a fucking draft horse. Mm-hmm. Um, every day, all day, long, like 10 hour days, she's drugged, you know, she's forced to take lithium. She mentioned in her explosive testimony that she wants, she, she's been fitted with an IUD for birth control. She wants to remove the IUD and have another baby. Hmm. And she has been not allowed to see a doctor to have that procedure to remove the IUD. Wow. She's not even in control of her body or reproductive rights in, in any way. You know, that that one's not to not to interrupt, but I that's interesting because it's the same problem, but with the obverse intention when, we, when it comes to the conversation about, like, birth control nationally right. and, like, the uh, accessibility to reproductive rights that women don't have. Reproductive rights go both ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's her body, her choice, mm-hmm. and it's her career, and she should have the choice of not being made to perform when she wants to take a rest. Yeah. And, um, hey, listen, Britney Spears has probably uh, been struggling with, you know, mental illness, and, um, you know, that's that's a difficult struggle, but uh, fuck, man, free Britney, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we were um, alone already, I think... Her, you know the former, you know, uh, um, co-conservator or whatever, uh, the lawyer, his name is Wallet, you know, had had said to, uh, you know, publicly, you know, pe- people that say free, free Britney, it, it, it only hurts her. They just don't understand. Britney will probably be under a conservatorship for the rest of her life. Oh, my God. That's and dark. I, that's completely unacceptable. Yeah. I think we all owe an apology to that uh, kid from the internet screaming about leaving her alone years For ago. For real? Yeah. 
Chris Cocker, you were yes, I remember his name. Yeah, I don't know how or why. Good on you. Um, you were absolutely right. Way ahead of your time. Mm. Leave Britney alone. I do have the NPR like transcript of her testimony. It's a little. I mean, I wouldn't call it incoherent, but uh, it's emotional. Yeah, she says, um, taking someone, making them work against their will, taking all their possessions away, uh, placing them in a home where they work with the people who live with them, nurses, 24-7 security, morning, noon, and night, they watched me change uh, every day naked. Uh, My body, I had no privacy for my room. Uh, I gave eight gallons of blood a week. What? Uh, that, hopefully that's an exaggeration. That sounds wrong. Um, if I didn't do any of my meetings and work from 8 to 6 at night, which is 10 hours a day, 7 days a week, no days off, I would not be able to see my kids or my boyfriend. That Those are things that they're holding over her. I never had a say in my schedule. They always told me I had to do this. And ma'am, I will tell you, sitting in a chair 10 hours a day, 7 days a week, it ain't fun. Uh, especially when you can't walk out the front door. And that's why I'm telling, to you, telling this to you again two years later after I've lied and told the whole world I'm okay. It's a lie. I'm traumatized. I'm not happy. It's insane. I'm depressed. I cry every day. Oh, Brittany. Ugh. Well, good luck to you, Brittany. That's me. you got i'll do this one first because it's maybe a little bit important so if anybody gets bored and tunes out maybe they'll hear this instead of the last bit uh the covid19 delta variant Mm. it has arrived here in williamson county just like the worms there have been three confirmed cases of the delta variant in williamson county so uh this is this is the big deal and uh what we're gonna see and in, in another surge of COVID cases as this variant kind of takes over. It's more transmissible. It's more uh, resistant to vaccines. Yeah, it's it's kind of just the next step, I guess, biologically or evolutionarily speaking, of COVID-19. So uh, if everybody is vaccinated, good on you. But also uh, know that we are like maybe looking again at uh, the same situation that we were in last year, where we're, we should probably still be wearing face masks and trying to do some social distancing and not not crowd ourselves in too much. We went to this big event yesterday and we had even said to each other that we're going to have, you know, this this fun out and about with a whole lot of people, but then after that we're probably going to go back to being homebodies and being safe about everything because uh yeah, there's there's uh, basically another surge of uh cases right around the corner. 
I'm I'm on vacation for the next few days. I'm just going to I'm going to take some time and walk around with my bare face out and mm-hmm. uh and have a little fun uh before I have to uh start getting fucking paranoid again. I'm yeah. just going to I'm going to close talk at people. Sure. You know, really yeah. lean in. Uh I don't know, maybe make out with a couple strangers and then I'll go back into my hermitage cuz mm-hmm. I really got to get my yayas out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so everybody just uh you know, continue to stay vigilant about it. Um, I still, I went to H-E-B this morning, had my mask, even though I'm vaccinated and the whole deal. Like, I've I've been continuing to wear a mask in public most all the time, uh, if nothing else than to piss off people who are anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers. Not to um, mention, you think about how much the sun ages you down here, so close to the equator. At least um, my at least my mouth will be young. Yeah, my eyes are going to be so old, um, <laughs> but I'm not going to have those smile lines. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah, well, I, you could also get a nice wide-brimmed hat. Mm. And I saw those guys from Spooky Juke yesterday, and you got I got to admit, Connolly's got the best fucking wide-brimmed hat ever. Uh-huh, so, oh, yeah, for sure. It's a good one. Yeah, and then outside of that, uh, also just kind of want to throw the mention out there because this story might get bonkers as it goes. It's been kind of bonkers over the last few years, but John McAfee, creator of... May he uh, rest in peace. Yeah, creator of McAfee Antivirus, uh, and I I do believe convicted murderer and uh, cult personality uh, and just a whole host of things, this guy... Apparently, that committed suicide uh, in a prison in Spain. I don't know if I believe it, man. It was it was shortly know. after uh, it was agreed that he would be extradited to U.S. territories to face some some more crimes. Um, now, here's the thing: I don't I don't know that I want to go all Epstein on this one. I think that it's possible that McAfee actually killed himself. Unlike unlike Epstein, unlike Epstein, who, who did, did not, not kill, kill himself. himself. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, he, he had, the news around this guy has been absolutely wild for the last several years. And, uh, it would have been really interesting to see, uh, him go to court and see everything kind of dragged out for everybody to see. So instead of that, now, now we're just going to have, I guess, an investigation into his death and maybe there'll be some reports about the, uh, the charges that were coming up against him or anything else. And we all have to live in a world with a... Uh, McAfee-shaped void. Yeah, I'm fine with that, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, that one was interesting, and I'm I'm looking forward to that one evolving, and I'm looking forward to the bonkers conspiracy theories that are going to, that's going to come out mm. around it, you know. Uh, there was apparently some uh, post about Q. Oh, uh, God damn it. Relating, I was just going to say, give me some good old-fashioned conspiracy theories. Yeah, uh, what do we got to drag this bullshit into it? Well, they're, they're still the big dogs, I think. Yeah, they're they not, are. They're, they're not, the biggest game in town. Yeah. Everything can be tied back to Q. They're not They're not as strong as they were year, two years ago, you know. But I uh, hope that's true, but I don't know if I believe that. Well, they, maybe they're just not as prominent in the, in the day-to-day. Maybe I just stopped fucking listening I mean, there was a social well, media. There was a social for, media purge. For one thing, we stopped having a president <clears throat> that puts their shit out there and believes it and says, "I don't know who they are, but they seem like good people." Like, yeah, no, we don't have a president that actually promotes their bad shit ideas yeah. anymore. So that's one one thing right there. Uh, I don't know. I was just listening to an interview with Fauci. He doesn't feel like it's slowing down. <laughs> right. Mean, they're coming at him pretty hard. Yeah. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah, I more think, like 
Anthony Fashy. Uh, that's not my pun. That's theirs. I'm just trying oh. to remember it. Okay. I, I think that what we probably will see is, uh, and maybe what we're like in kind of in the beginning or the middle of or something like that is that the, uh, the QAnon people kind of, uh, going dark to an extent, they're not going to be in the limelight and the public discourse as much as they were a year ago. They will still exist and their, uh, belief system and their claims will grow to be more and more outlandish continue to evolve yeah and maybe in another five to ten years we'll see them come up with some other random big ass thing and they're going to be fucking everywhere again and it'll be it'll be twice as crazy it's crazy to think conspiracy theories never die uh it takes so much more energy you know once you create something and um that was one of the things i was looking into a while back um I have on my bookshelf a copy of the Illuminatus trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like I read it. I read it when I was a kid, and haven't really v- revisited it, like a teenager. And I, I thought it was just a hell of a lot of fun. It's you know it's kind of bonkers, but the origin of this trilogy of of you know fictional books was um, I think I'm, I'm thinking of Robert Anton Wilson who was uh who worked for playboy uh at the time back in the 70s uh was was so i'm not trying to derail too much sorry but um but maybe that's something this is something we'll get into with a future episode he was kind of tickled by some of the weird uh mail that they would receive Mm. Uh, i think he was had some sort of um editing uh function there and um so he paired up with a friend and started writing started basically trying to create new conspiracy theories to put out there and uh you know pick, picked up the you know bavarian illuminati and and um cre- created the sort of fictional um, discordians who worship the goddess eris uh, the goddess of chaos and um you know pulled in the order of the golden dawn and and mm-hmm. some, some fun stuff from history and just created this giant worldwide cabal um and we all know what happened there people are still obsessed with the fucking illuminati right right and it, you know for him it was it was a, it was a goof and maybe meant to show people look how wild y'all are i mean try some critical thinking this yeah. is shit that i just made up and maybe make people think a little more critically about shit that they read mm. it backfired tremendously yeah, it did. Uh, <laughs> yeah because the shit that he made up you know it's it's it, it only grew in strength as the years went on sure well, I mean, and I've, I've known people, too, uh, that have picked up a, a Zechariah Sitchin book, who, he is the one who wrote about uh, the Anunnaki and Planet mm. X or Nibiru and all this thing that, you know, humans are a hybrid between <laughs> monkeys and aliens, you know. Um, yeah, we, I, we just know, found the skull of I, one of those guys, I think. Yeah, uh, I've known people that Dragon Man. actually believe all of that shit. Yeah, there's there's been a or is Dragon Man a Nephilim? Dragon Man's probably Dragon Man is no Dragon Man is not Nephilim. Uh, he's just simply has a large head, uh, <laughs> massive. Yeah, pretty pretty big head. He's not he's not twice or three times the size of a normal human, which is Nephilim. Those who used to walk the earth back in those days. But he could be like a human Nephilim hybrid, like a missing link. Um, well, he's a missing link to something because I think genetically he's actually closer to Homo sapiens sapiens than Neanderthal. Wow. Yeah. Um, they're saying that he might be a Denisovan, uh, like part of the Denisovan tree, but also kind of a link between Denisovans and then Homo sapiens sapiens, you know. Very cool. Yeah. 
so there's been some of that that's come up in the last week, but I don't have a whole lot of information. And I don't want to just kind of go throwing that stuff around, but it's interesting to hear about. There was also uh, remains found in, uh, I want to say, outside of Israel. That was a previously unidentified hominid species that also uh, could be, you know, not super closely related to Homo sapiens, but also kind of between us and Neanderthal. So, yeah, science, science keeps moving on. We keep finding out new stuff. That's a cool thing about it, you know. You can spend thousands of years just not fucking knowing anything and then take a thousand years slowly finding out things. And then you got to spend a thousand years actually putting all that information together and, and forming a good idea about it. It's a long process, people. Science is the process. I just think it's kind of a bummer. Um, we're fine, I guess. But, you know, there, there's uh, there's there's good uh, in humanity and there's bad. Uh, mm. It kind of bums me out every day a little bit. Uh, some of our tendencies and, and traits. But um, at the end of the day, we ate and fucked and fought our way to dominance. Um, but it, it does make you wonder, you know, what if one of one of these other uh, proto-human species had uh, established dominance instead? What would what would we be like? What would society be like? Hmm. Uh, it's interesting to think about. And I love it every time we discover a new one. On a different show, that's where I would put in chimes and then we would act out a skit but, uh, <laughs> we didn't we didn't write a skit for this one we're not improv comics uh i haven't been to ucb i don't know about you i i just realized yeah that's a trigger <clears throat> i wonder what that would look like yeah well that's uh, that's pretty much it we just kind of wanted to hit up a few things real quick and uh just kind of check in with everybody uh I'm going to get to work slapping the rest of this shit show together to put it on the radio. Hope you've been enjoying it. Uh, Jen, you got anything you want to say before we head on out? Uh, just Taylor, I love you. Uh, I didn't mean what I said about humanity um, <laughs> earlier. Uh, you guys are awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, so um, I want to give thanks to... Uh, Obviously, Trevor of the Mental State Fair. Love the skirt, too. The lovely iridescent colors. Uh, forgiveness, he's the theme song guy in Texas. Thanks to Alex of the Spectrostatic, who we got to run into yesterday. Uh, thanks to KBSR for having the network and keeping us on it. And thanks to the city of Taylor. Thanks to Denise Rogers. Thanks to Brent Rydell. Thanks to everybody who threw our Pride event yesterday. I'm looking forward to many of them to come. And uh, thanks to you, whoever you are, for taking the time to sit with us. Till next time. Keep fucking that chicken. Okay, oh, sorry, that's our new one. Uh, stay fresh, cheese bags. Yeah.